Buongiorno. It's podcast time in Austin, Texas. I'm Dave. I'm going to host this here podcast, and it's a big one. And here's a guy. Some often refer to him as the big one. It's Dylan Shivery. Wow. Uh, first of all, very happy to be here. Ready to talk sports with you fine gentlemen. Secondly, big announcement. My first ever childhood crush is back on the market and looking for love. Can we guess? <laughs> Can we guess? Uh, go Brooke ahead. Oh, that's a She guess. was number two. Well, Kelly Kapaski, Brooke Burke, kind of the okay. same, same for me. Um, Ashanti. No, but uh, attractive as well. Um, no. Any, any other guesses? It's murder. Uh, no. no. I don't know. Uh, Christy Brinkley. Oh. 69 years of age. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I remember yes. uh, being like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah. I'm into, I'm into chicks at a very young age. Cool. You know, like not, you know, like normal young age. Like, oh, shit. She's very attractive. Okay. And that was my first one, man. And uh, she still looks good. 69. Still looks great, actually. Really? Yeah. Would you say... Was she your first material? Uh, 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 no, I was. Uh, I had a crush when I was like, you know, very young. You yeah. know, I don't know. We're living in a material world, and I'm a material girl or boy. And here's my guy, KJ, out there in Madison. So far, zero dollars raised. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they got okay, 100, 100 bucks. Oh, we got Hundo? Somebody's throwing bands? Yeah. You throwing bands? It was KJ, wasn't You put it? a band on it. It was KJ. I didn't drop a band. I was going to drop, uh, you know, points on the package or something. But, you know, uh, I'll jump in those waters. Seems a little backwards. But, hey, you know, I care about kids. Uh, I can't say the same about the city of Austin. And uh, it's Padres there. But we'll see. Wow. Now, the hell? I've got to admit some ignorance really quick, fellas, before we jump into that part. Um, two things. Uh, Christy Brinkley. Yes. What's the lady's name from Look Who's Talking? And it's not Christy Brinkley, correct? Meg Ryan? No. Or Look Who's Talking to, or I don't know. Oh, you're talking about from uh, Cheers? Kirsty Alley? Kirsty Alley. Yes. Okay. Okay. Two I liked totally her back in the day. Very different people. Very different online, I'm sure. Okay. I, I honestly didn't search Christy Brinkley because I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong here. Jenny Craig. Uh, and I don't recall. Did you do the Jenny Craig campaign for a while? Kirsty Alley? Mm. Uh, maybe, yeah. She was, yeah. It doesn't matter. She's done some campaigns recently, but more like, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and whatnot. But, uh, okay. and then I can't even remember what was said that led me to search Eric Estrada, but uh, I did. And so I'll admit that in public. Now, on to uh, Madison is uh, what I want to promote here. Uh, as you good fellows have put out a call to the public, so this is my one and only platform to uh, amplify the message in support of my laziness. Uh, Madison's on the list. And let's say you live in a town that's not on that list and you're a little upset that the Wash Media Meetup, um, what would you call this, vote? campaign fundraising campaign charity campaign contest if you all will. of the above contest. contest if you will let's say you're not one of the eight i want madison to represent the field as it is a city about all people uh and and you know your boy lives there so i got no problem bonus. With that. We'll love to go to uh, so I, I want 
anyone who feels dejected, anyone who's in one of those flyover states, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, somebody not on the list, consider Madison your hometown. Donate on behalf of the St. Jude's Network or to St. Jude's on behalf of Madison. That is my campaign speech. Okay. I respect that. And I, I too, I would be happy to go to any of these places, but Madison uh, was was in my top, I would say my top eight for sure. <laughs> Madison's my top one. No offense to the other places. I just, I've always wanted to visit Madison. It's just different. I just heard so many great things about it, man. Yeah, I'd like to go there and eat uh, a cheese curd. I'll, I'll take a curd down. Isn't that right? Isn't that what they do there? We can make that happen. There you go. We can make this happen. Where can we I find can, the I link? I can guarantee uh, some support for that trip. You can find the link at either the Circling Back Instagram page or the Twitter page. Lovely. It is fundly.com slash circling dash me dash back. You'll find it. I don't want to go through the whole it, thing. Yeah, I mean, no, it's all right. Uh, Seattle's jumped out to this big lead. Like, what are they, the Lions? Okay. They jumped right. out to a big lead. That's good, Dave. Like We're going to talk more sports. We're not even going to do that game right now. We're starting with Chiefs-Ravens. But uh, is there anything we want to talk about? <clears throat> By the way, you guys didn't have to lay out on that awesome sports reference right there. Okay? Give me something. That's good, man. Thank you, Randy. Wow. I said that's good. <laughs> we want for It that. was half-hearted. Um, wow. <laughs> anything we need to talk about before we do uh, the big stuff? Horns down at BYU. Oh, I do want to address that. You should. People are like, oh, oh, Texas is so soft. Texas had nothing to do with that situation. The BYU administration are the ones who asked the students to take their shirts off. Had nothing to do with Texas. Okay. Stupid. But uh, had Rodney Terry not mentioned that two weeks ago or whenever it was, would BYU be doing this? I don't know, but Texas is not responsible for what how schools handle their students. I'm just going to say Texas is not ready for the SEC. Uh, hey, just wait, man. Just wait. Uh, you think Texas is going to be good? Just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet, Buster. When they get to the SEC, they're going to have so much shit talk to them. Good they're going to fucking leave and go to the Mountain West or something. Good luck going 0 and 12 every year in the SEC, buddy. Yeah. That's real. That's big boy football. You don't even know. You want to get in on this? No, not on that part of it. But yes, I do want to at least acknowledge that uh, this was not even an incident just of like, players doing the horns down this was students just wearing shirts with the letters that spelled out horns down correct yes a basketball game yes they were sitting front um, row like right behind the texas bench i believe like one who cares what happens in provo utah basketball yeah uh i've got a good team and two who cares what happens in provo utah basketball ut does i believe maybe ut has been be playing number UT one i would still stand by this thought better since the rodney terry incident i think they're undefeated or no they got their shit kicked well, in the other day right i think they lost to byu yeah they, they did and still they're nice people they stink texas basketball that living, is living uh living in the home of top 10 ranked wisconsin uh mm. you just kind of ignore everybody else but again uh, i agree with dylan Texas can't control this. It's just weird because when this first happened, it was like an appeal to the conference and the conference turned and was like, Hey, everybody cut it out. You knock it out for it to be protracted or like continued on. It's just really strange. Well, Rodney but, Terry is at fault for some of that. Obviously he, yeah, you can't students, especially aren't going to 
you know, listen to you and you're like, oh, please stop doing that. That just doesn't work that way. That's not real life. So if he didn't moan about it, uh, these students likely don't show up with horns down on their shirts. That's fair. I think that's a really good point. And I think at the end of the day, the blame lies on Rodney Terry. Rodney Terry. Rodney Terry. How are you so bad at that? Do you not know? You don't know. Sh- I don't listen to my Sharona too much. You should change that. You yeah. should start living. It's not, <laughs> right. it's, not on, it's not on Dylan Faves quite yet. There it is. Um, if I were an opposing AD, athletic director, I would start staging incidents to make it look like Texas is having students like kicked out of their games and stuff and just being like, well, we their officials approached us, even though like no one said anything. And just that would be like their unceremonious departure from the Big 12. It's like they just made everybody t- change their shirts or move seats or just kicked them out of the game. That's what I would do. But there's a reason I'm not an athletic director because I'm neither direct nor an athlete. So I saw the, uh, the Twitter account Saturday Down South, which is like a you know SEC heavy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, they tweeted something like, uh, just a reminder, there's no automatic penalty for doing horns down in the SEC. Fuck yeah. Oh, dude, we're so, we're so fucking scared. Shut up. SEC yeah. people are so fucking annoying. Dude, they're in your dome already. God. Y'all are in trouble. Dude, just wait, man. Dude, just wait. Shut up. Oh, oh, Randy just did it. Yes. Hey, Randy, just wait. After this episode, just wait. You're fired. Find me. All right. Deal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. to football um, to the football Chiefs Chiefs Ravens mm-hmm. how many of us picked the Ravens I certainly did I did too yep. you two fellers I mean I don't feel brave by picking chalk here I think I went Chiefs San Fran they were favored in both games so not like I went out on a limb I can't really gloat about that that uh, that sucked. That game sucked. That that was um, you just watched the team walk go out there and just look completely shook. Yes, <clears throat> a few uh, absolutely just momentum killing plays. Uh, the Jarius Need forced fumble at the goal line there with with Flowers was a, a backbreaker. It kind of felt like even though it was early on in the game, it still felt like that was like what they needed to write the ship and make it like an actual ball game. Wasn't that the fourth? Am I crazy? Early enough as in enough time to – I think it was the third. Yeah. Okay. Like enough time to, you know, there's still – They could have overcome game. that. Yeah, they could have. But it's it, that was like, all right, they finally make it down there after that the one touchdown the first half. Yeah. Then he threw in a triple coverage. One of the worst decisions I've ever seen um, in a moment like that. Just really bad. Triple coverage. Had not the guy good. not intercepted it, the two other guys could have potentially. Yeah, a pretty, pretty high chance there. Not great. Uh, shout out to the Chiefs, who um, famously have a, a very good defense and completely uh, took the Ravens out of their game. Uh, could not run the ball. Didn't really even try. You had like Lamar back there looking completely uncomfortable, just mm-hmm. holding on to the ball way too long. It it was weird, man. Uh, they were not prepared for that. You thought maybe they'd get it right. Anytime you can hold the Chiefs to 17 and then what zero points in the second half, right? You think you yeah. think you can and pull really that no one out. first downs until they absolutely needed it in the final drive or two. 
Shout out MVS. Way too close oh, to yeah. MBS for my liking. But Tyrrell Hatton went to live, by the way. Well, more on that uh, next week or today. Sorry. We'll talk Rain 13 at an appropriate time. Okay. Or Legion 13, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, real I'm, quick, so the Ravens, they showed up in the beginning of this game, and they played a considerably, like, again, their, their run game was out of whack. Lamar was was converting some important first downs. Zay Flowers proved first-round worthiness, as he has all year, but proved first-round worthiness in a big part of the game um, up until that fumble. And that was one of those moments where, like, I scream at my TV, and I'm like, you don't extend the ball at the goal line before you see the close-up of it. It really wasn't a guy trying too hard to score, quote-unquote, or doing too much and maybe should have just, like, tucked it. It just happened to be sports happens like uh, a tackle right in the right position, a safety coming in and not giving up in the play, putting his arm where you know, his hand where it needs to be to punch the peanut. And it happens. Um, enough happened after that for us not to like belabor like the touchback rule, uh, which I'm happy about, but I do want to focus in a little bit on Zay flowers there because after that moment, that was the first, like, this team's not ready. Or at least he's definitely not ready. He was visibly and emotionally, like, beyond um, containment, which I thought was ironic given that Odell Beckham's on that same sideline. And that's who had to, like, come calm him the hell down. Who I forgot about yesterday. Like, completely forgot until I saw him consoling. Made some big catches in the fourth, yeah. actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, shout out to him, because he was exactly that guy who's – cutting up his hand, you know, injuring himself with the kicking net, like kicking and screaming about things like taking his mind off of like the next play uh, and causing a distraction on the sideline. And even before that, Zay Flowers had a uh, taunting penalty. I don't know if y'all saw that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was the most obvious taunt ever. <laughs> like it wasn't even like you can't even be mad. You can be mad about the rule, the mad that you can't taunt, but you can't be mad that they threw the flag. That is exactly – why they made the rule. It was like he did two or three different things that will get you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to the triple coverage. I'm like, okay, if you don't get him for shoving the guy down, <laughs> which the guy was holding on a little bit quick, you know, a little bit long. And that was like, I think where everybody reacts to like, oh, it's not his fault. You definitely get him for the uh, spinning the ball. And then after that, you almost get like a Drew Locke level, you know, putting the suit jacket on. You know, uh, securing the strap like motion after that of him like flexing to the guy's face. I'm like, what are you doing? And Lamar showed maturity and like chewed his ass out after that. Yeah, so, that, that, I mean, and they overcame that, right? Um, mm -hmm. on that, yeah. But I was like, dude, what? <laughs> it's, you can't do that. That's just like one of the, who was, we were talking out here. Somebody said that kind of shit. Maybe it was Will or maybe it was you, Dylan. Saying that those kind of breaks, that that fumble or or that penalty, like always happens to Mahomes or like Brady, and that always gets them back in it. I, I was saying that, yeah. It seems like moments like the goal line uh, fumble, which it's weird. It's, I mean, obviously Mahomes had nothing to do with it, but it just seems like breaks like that, like crucial, like game swinging plays like that, always favor the greats of the sport. And maybe that's just like. They take advantage of. Or maybe that's just how my brain works. I only remember stuff like that. You can't give guys that at that level another chance or any kind of. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't leave the door open. You can't do stuff like that. But like, 
Yeah. You, you weren't going to see that happen uh, the other way around. You weren't going to see the no. Ravens force a goal line fumble when, when Casey's going in to score on a, on a much need, you know, score a much needed touchdown. Just seems like guys like Brady and Mahomes, things just tend to go their way in big moments. It was pretty sick when, you, when Suggs came out. I just got to, I got to put that out there. That was dope. Yeah. Mojo I moment. I think it goes back to the, uh, like John Harbaugh's a tremendous coach, but I think my thought going into this game uh, when we did the live stream was Andy Reid is an absolute dude. Like Patrick Mahomes is generational. Yes. Andy Reid is amongst the best, you know, uh, football coaches the league has ever seen without question. Um, he doesn't have as many rings as Belichick, um, but he's approaching like a, um, not even Popovich level, but like, I don't know, amongst that, uh, on that tier of like, he's gone to different places and built significant dynasties. Tremendous talent, you know, had to be there. Terrell Owens, Donovan McNabb, and all sorts of other uh, talent up in Philly. And obviously you got Mahomes now, but like Andy Reid's getting those, getting it done with two tremendous distractions, which, you know, not even on the radar for this day. Kadarius Tony, I don't want to waste much time on him, who's been like a disappointment since getting into the league. But then Jawan Taylor, the tackle who's had the most penalties all season long, I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago, was not, you know, uh, what in reason that they lost this game in a critical moment. I think that speaks to their coaching. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, the, the thing you get here is like, oh, I can't believe I bet against Mahomes. Everyone's, you know, and I've thought that, and it's just, it's insane and it's it's weird. Maybe I'm like too close to it, um, but it just I, I I've not fully appreciated his greatness and even like taking this team whose best receiver is I don't know who some kid from SMU. You know, um, no, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm Easy. kidding. I'm kidding. He's a good player. I like him a lot. Um, and I do respect the hell out of Kelsey for being okay for about you know 15 weeks and then now he's he's entered like. The best stretch of his career, almost. Like it's pretty, pretty sick. Yeah, that was a tremendous day. Anybody who said he had distractions all season, blah blah blah. Like nobody on this show. We, we can talk more about it. You know, uh, we get to Brock Purdy and like putting those questions to bed. Like he was making plays that you would expect of like I don't even know if there's a, a comp like a Randy Moss type situation or uh, Reggie Wayne. If you remember, like watching Reggie Wayne with the. Uh, or not Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne with, with the Colts where like it'd be third and 18, some ridiculous on the money play needed to be made and they make the play. Uh, and, and that was, that was incredible to see. Yeah. Mahomes, the Mahomes, Kelsey duo, I mean, chiefs in general too, obviously they've, they've hit that, the point of their greatness where they can just kind of coast through the regular season seemingly if they want to, and just turn it on whenever the hell they want. I mean, so many people doubted this team. I mean, it's hard to doubt the Chiefs, obviously, when when Mahomes is their quarterback. But this is not like the the, the great Chiefs teams we've seen in the last few years. But now it's they just they it, they just feel absolutely unbeatable. They know how to turn it on at the right time. I I'm I'm over doubt, doubting Mahomes. Like yeah. I, I just I just can't pick against him anymore. It's he's just got like the magic sauce, man. It's just it's he's just too fucking good. He is it because Kansas City's actually in Lubbock, Texas? Because that, I'm going to be honest, uh, thank you, David. I think in one of the group chats, mm -hmm. we immediately remembered that all of the uh, Lubbock, Texas Chiefs fans will come out of the woodwork, which 
it's kind of like the LeBron levels of like you give people a pass, like they can follow the player wherever when they're that great. But it gets excessive to the point where there's like premature gloating on behalf of said player and team. It's like, all right, man, cool. Like, where's this same energy for the 96 other players from your school in the league? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is Landry? Land him out because I've got I've got a problem with how he handled the next game when we get there. But yes, I just am like. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get being really excited for a guy who went to your college. Hell, I get really excited for a kid that I will never meet who played a, a year at my high school and who's I didn't say the name. Could be a could be a number of players. But it get, I get so bad. I get so like jealous because like a lot of these guys, man, we're just we're just calling out uh Landry's career. These guys are like cowboy fans, and it's so nice to have that safety net of knowing like, well, cowboys shit the bed. I guess we'll just see what Mahomes does. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's so nice. In their defense, I really hate coming to the defense of Texas Tech fans. Like Mahomes like might actually be the GOAT at the end of at the end of his career. And for him to, you know, to witness all that, I don't know. I I, I can't yeah. say, I can't say I wouldn't be doing the same thing. Especially if like that player had won like a bunch of conference championships. At okay. He did not have a great record at Texas Tech. That is what are you very true. Are you sure? No. Yeah. He okay. was. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Those we're teams, having fun. Those teams were not very. We're having good fun with uh, the West Texas guys. Oh, uh, but either way, like by the end of it, it was one of those where you, you walked away and you're like, "Well, time well spent." And yes. the game could have gone a number of ways where it's like, well, it was a blowout or this was disappointing. And the Ravens could have kept that lead and it would have just been an ugly drown the team out and seeing a sputtering offense, you know, look mindless. And then maybe we would have heard like the enemy chatter and Taylor Swift talk about distractions and all that crap or Kadarius Tony talk. We've got none of that, but the game was entertaining as hell. Uh, I'm just going to say it straight up. When they went three and out on the first possession, I knew it was over. <laughs> I've seen Look, I'm a Cowboy fan. I know this, like, you're all juiced up at home, and everybody's like, this is it, this is it. You're getting over it. And then that three and out, I'm like, oh, no. It was the Gibbs uh, fumble for me. Well, that yeah, that one really was. <laughs> uh, are we switching? Oh, yeah, I, I, I switched games. I oh, just yeah, yeah. yeah I had to, I had to fake laugh until I realized like wait you're talking yeah. about no, the that, other that, that's on me no yeah. that's on me my mental roster was like flipping us like wait me kids. too <laughs> the, the red the red teams throw me off but that that yeah. but, I mean you're, what you said is not wrong yeah that would that was tough you, you just kind of felt that one coming too oh anyway. god I feel so bad Will's you magic uh, first Will's handling it so well he's not even mad Will didn't even cry okay I don't well. I would have cried. Let's pause on that for a second. Let's do that after. All right. All right. All right. Let me get my mind right. With some magic mind. Mm. I've been trying to find a way to keep my energy levels steady throughout the day. And coffee on its own just wasn't cutting it. Thankfully, I found my magic mind. It's a little shot. Replaces my coffee. Or it just helps me uh, help supplement my coffee. It makes me drink less coffee, reduces my need for additional caffeine by extending the benefits of caffeine. This, honestly, this here is a cup of coffee. It's the first one I've had today. How crazy is that? Makes me more productive and more focused. I get more done in less time thanks to the nootropics inside that improve attention, concentration, and cognition, and it allows me to sleep better. It's not heavy on caffeine, so you can take it in the afternoon without worrying about being able to fall asleep at night. 
We hate that. Sometimes we'll do some late afternoon, like 4, 4.30 p.m. coffee. It's not a good idea. Just do a magic mind. You're really feeling it, man. Mm -hmm. You got your matcha. You got your ashwagandha. You got all that stuff. Cordyceps mushrooms, lion's mane mushrooms, reducing anxiety, inflammation, all that stuff, supporting cognition. We've been doing this for, I mean, they've kept us stocked. There's a ton in the fridge. I don't know if people are aware that there's a second box in there, but um, we're loving it. If you notice that I podcasted at a very high level this morning, it's because I took Magic Mind with my coffee. So far, through two episodes of podcast, you're my podcast of the week guy. Minus that that Gibbs hiccup I had a few minutes ago. That's fair. We're gonna. You didn't have to mention didn't it. Happen. That's okay, man. We've all we've all had our hiccups, and that's why you get one month free when you're subscribing for three months at MagicMind.com/slash JanTMD J A N T M D. And use our code TMD20. It's an extra 20% off, which gets you gets you to a 75% off deal. This only lasts through the end of January. Oh, man, you bet, guys better knock that out today or tomorrow. How many days? It's a leap year, so how many days? <laughs> it doesn't apply to January, a leap year. Oh, it doesn't? Uh, there are like two and a half days left of January. You get one month for free when you're subscribing for three months at magicmind.com slash JanTMD and use code TMD20 for an extra 20% off. Check it out. Our good friends at Magic Mind. Now, hey, real quick on on the Ravens, did you get caught up in any of the uh, Lamar hype videos on Twitter that were going around before the game? Obviously, no, I didn't get caught. I, I caught a couple of them. People were doing like Taylor Swift shots in the like to, with her songs playing in the background, and they would just cut into like Lamar like running out of the tunnel, looking badass, and like you know like unsettling villain music and you're like oh fuck yeah dude there was a whole genre of them going around tiktok and people were posting them on twitter and i i was pretty hyped up for that game gotta be honest go back and check them out apparently randy just showed me there's brock purdy ones now so that's really cool we're doing brock purdy hype someone has to take her down (laughs) that's what the whole thing is i like tyler stuff i'm rooting for the chiefs okay i like tyler Swift too Oh, he did nothing against by KJ. Niners, Lions. Oh, no. This one hurts. Mm. So to wrap up my thought earlier on how uh, our media guy, Landry, handled this in the group chat to pull back the curtain really quick. He's just getting cooked. Obviously, Lions got out to a huge lead. We've seen, quote, unquote, our teams, our respective teams do well in games. Across the board, you know, UT um, uh, in, the, in the bowl game, there's kind of the unwritten rule of like, we comment on plays, but it's rare that you like invite someone to celebrate a success. Oh. And I think the text was somewhere along lines, like the excited will or, you know, something about something along those lines where it's just baiting will to like celebrate the early success in the game that happened to will in two different text groups by the way <laughs> one of which you are not a part of it was seven zero no. it, yeah it was very early and it was probably genuine but it was very early <laughs> the other one klein did it at halftime remember yes which I mean granted a 17 point lead at halftime the nfl is a pretty significant lead but it's still early and you're playing a very good football team you're still, it's Brock Purdy. He can't come back on you unless you just give the ball away and make some interesting call. I don't, I don't know. For me, it was that Jameer Gibbs fumble that, like, oh. yeah, that hurt. I felt real bad for him. 
It's a juxtaposition for me. I was trying to bring it around to the Gibbs fumble again. <laughs> the Lions showed up, though. I mean, again, <clears throat> they, they looked like they belonged. It was great to see Jameson Williams or, yeah, Jameson Williams make a play early. Yeah, obviously, first-round pick sat out per, per, uh, majority of his rookie season. That's uh, kind of flown under the radar with the mom, Saint, Amon Ross St. Brown's uh, dominance of, with that team. So I was excited to see that. I do have to eat my own words about, like, rooting against Amon Ross St. Brown. I was unaware there was a loss in his immediate family when we did our show Thursday. Well, wait. Because I think I was like, I don't know why I'm not a huge fan. I don't know if it's like the shots of his parents or something along those lines <laughs> of which, you know. So I take that back. I'm not going to like 180 and say I'm rooting for the guy, but that was not intentional. Um, Respect. I got a message about it. Anyhow. Okay, come on. Early in the game, it was very clear that the Niners like had stuff left in the tank. And I didn't think that they were going to come back to win, but I thought it was very clear, like, Christian McCaffrey wasn't getting shut out. Like, he was having a respectable game early on. Purdy was doing okay. The lines just looked like they were clicking. So I wasn't very confident, but I don't think anybody could predict, like, the insane touchdowns, fumbles, and then fourth quarter calls we saw in the second half. Yeah. Um. I've come to really not enjoy George Kittle. Um, Why? Why? He really chirps when, when uh, he wore like a fuck oh, Dallas yeah. shirt, and that's not okay. okay. Uh, that's fine. I just okay, Caleb Williams. It's, it's thank you. At least he had the. He was nice enough to wear it under his his uh, uniform. He is awesome. He's very good. If not for Travis, K- I mean, the, the, there's a lot of really good tight ends. Did you see him pancake Aiden Hutchinson on that? Yes. He's he's a really good player. He's a top five tight end, easily. But, dude, he's he is like the ultimate safety blanket for freaking Purdy. And I don't, I don't really know what we said about Brock Purdy on here on the live stream or on the show last week, whatever we did. I'm sure it wasn't all good. But – he got him there. They're in the Super Bowl with that dude. And even though he has some of the most wild-ass throws in him, uh, that one that he threw back across his body over the middle, and dude, uh, who, what was dude's name, who made that sick catch one-handed, that ball should have been picked by somebody. And then you had the the face mask ball. It doesn't matter how it looks, he gets him there. And um i probably owe him and his family an apology and his dad just looks like a like a a bloated version of kyle shanahan in the stands i don't know if you noticed that (laughs) like he's he just looks like testosterone shanahan he's got the same hat and i feel like he knows he kind of looks like shanahan so he's leaning into it yeah the pool salesman the jacuzzi guy yeah his business for monday night football the jacuzzi guy (laughs) How do we feel about Dan Campbell going for it on that fourth down when they had a chance to kick a field goal and tie a 48-yard field goal to tie it up in the fourth quarter? I've heard I've heard mixed reviews on that decision. KJ, I'm gonna let you say something intelligent first and then I'll steal it. Well, I think in general I, I do subscribe to the if that's your card, you've got to just play your cards. I think we 
we call out people who change their tendencies or change their style in big moments a lot. And this was an example of someone who didn't. Now, do I agree with it? Probably not. But I'm not going to sit here and say this is Dan Campbell's fault and that was a terrible decision. It's not what I would have done, but he's probably made dozens of decisions prior to this. I don't know. And the way that he motivates his team and gets them to show up every day. What he does works. I'm not here to like, I, I can't really like fault him for the one time it didn't or the time that it didn't. Yeah, people defending it, I've heard say, oh, this is kind of who they've been the whole season. So you don't you don't change your strategy or your aggression in moments like that. Um, I, I can't say I agree with that. Because so much right has to happen for you to score a touch, or for you to bring the ball down for it. They were what on the 31 yard line. You still have 31 yards to go to get to get to the end zone. So many bad things can happen and so many good things have to happen in order for you to score. I just think in a situation like that against a team like that, you can't give the ball back to them and let, and let them make it a two-possession game, which is exactly what they did. Um, and, of course, it's easy to say that in hindsight when you know the result of the play. But I still think it was a, a pretty poor decision not to take points there. But, again, that's that's what Dan Campbell does, and I think his players really respond to the way he calls – he calls games. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't love it. It is what he does. I mean, this is the same guy who went for two uh, on the road in Dallas in a regular oh, season geez, game. Yes. Uh, had that whole deal come up. Went, you know, had, went for two again. His quarterback threw an interception, but for a uh, Micah Parsons offsides. So pushed back and then had the uh, – I'm sorry, this is where the uh, penalty comes into play. Got pushed back to the seven and still went for two for the win conceded that game. Um, I respect him for doing it. I think it's the right move if you're the Lions. I think you have – I think you have to go win it on the road. I think you do. And I think that if they go do that – you ha I, I still think Goff is a better quarterback than Purdy, even though he didn't look good. He didn't look that good there in those final moments. But you go win the game – and that's who Dan Campbell is. And shout out to him for like openly like acknowledging it. Like, yeah, I'm here. I'll take the criticism because there's so many coaches and some of them have been through Dallas that when like they get questioned on shit like that, they're just, they get so drawn. You know what I mean? They get so like, uh, agreed to make is my call. Yeah. I, yeah they won't give you a good answer. Whereas Dan Campbell's like this, you know, he's like, look, I own it. This is on me. This is who we are. Um, listening to his, his post game presser where he's, it's like, yeah, this is hard. Going to be twice as hard next year. I told the guys that, and I was like, "Fuck, you're right, man." I mean, I think everybody knows mm -hmm. that, but damn, like hearing him tell you that—that's a really interesting, motivating tactic. Um, getting getting the guys ready for next season. Like, yeah, this. You remember this year? Next year is going to be uh, just as hard, plus more. So, um, no, I loved it. I, I I respect it. Anybody who will do such like stuff like that, fine, go for it. Go win the game. If you do it right, you're a hero and you're a genius. Um, but I still think the line. Niners. Yeah. Uh, really quickly. Because, uh, uh, you know, Kittle, the only thing that comes to mind is his helmet. Uh, anytime I think of George Kittle now. Uh, and the frontal lobe helmet, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. The uh, caveman oh. helmet. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's but true. I think we did see um, – 
that that defense has Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, and Chase Young, <laughs> you know, some incredible talents on it uh, when it mattered. So that was, that was uh, not surprising how the second half went. There were a couple plays by Purdy, the uh, escape from a sack that I would say is almost just as important as, you know, one of the five plays that you may have forgot about that really turned the game. Um, escapes the sack, gets it to Kyle Juszczyk, uh toe touch catch on the sideline, like right at the first down. It was early in the drive and maybe second down, but that would have put them on their own seven or eight or something like that with like second and 18. Uh, and he turned it into a first down, which I think it's tremendous of him. Maybe also has something to do with like Kyle Juszczyk's like experience. Um, or motivation he gets at home. So I am looking forward to you know, the next weeks of some of the uh, – just getting to know more about the players and their families. Is that why there's a text here? Yeah, KJ, how about you share with the class what you sent me and Dave a few minutes ago? <sighs> Kristen Juszczyk. Uh, is this his yeah, – this uh, is his wife, I assume. Seems yeah, like a nice young lady. We're all a part of the KJ club. Um Okay. I'm realizing Kristen Kyle myself. Um, yeah, she was turning heads. She had a Super Bowl bound, like custom get up going. So it'll be interesting how many crowd shots we get of uh, the Purdy family uh, as they were on display at the trophy um, ceremony, as well as uh, Miss, Mrs. Juszczyk. You got to go to Thanksgiving dinner. You got to go to Thanksgiving dinner with one family. It's the Kelsey family. Is Tay going to be there? Or the Purdy family. Or the Wilson family. The Zach Wilson family. Oh, that's no. Don't Come bring on, Zach man. into this. <laughs> People forget that uh, McCaffrey's dating, uh, what's her name? Mm. This is more from a non-horny perspective. What's this her is name? more of the parents. Although the parents you can be horny for. Horny for parents. <laughs> Dylan Chivery. I don't uh, know who Kristen McCaffrey's dating. No, she's she's a she's a she's famous. Okay, look, why don't you look it up? I will. Give me a sec here. Olivia Culpo. Thank you. Engaged. I know that name. She's That's a name I should Culpo. know. She's Culpo. very beautiful to me. Well, he's a he's a handsome feller himself. Good he athlete. Is. Great jawline. Yeah, real real phenomenal hard. jawline. Yeah, hard. You know, so just a real just, have it all. just a you know high IQ, smart, hard lunch pail guy. <laughs> um, yes, he is white, David. Yes, he is white. He is a white man. He's the Tyron Egerton of uh, the NFL. That's what he <laughs> reminds me of. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a game. I, I was actually, I was just as bummed. I was more bummed for the Lions than I was for the Bills. And I don't know if that's just because I've known Will longer. But I was just like, my sister was texting me. She's like, "Is hey, have you talked to Will? Is he doing okay?" I was like, I don't know. I'm not texting his ass. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll talk to him tomorrow. He's taking it well, man. Like you said. I don't think Will gets the uh, emotionally distraught pass. Like, there's no question he's been a Lions fan his entire life. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't negatively assume that. So, you know, he's got a point on me versus like my Jags fandom. I think I would still be upset today if this were the Jags. Like, I would, you know, uh, if we did this show after the Patriots Jags in 2017, like I was pissed for a couple days. Because they got hosed. Um, Will, on the other hand, 
will loudly tell you he's he keeps up with the Lions, but he's not like watching every game. This year, a little bit different, but he's very clear that like he's going to pay attention when it's time to pay attention. So, you know, I give him credit for being more distraught after Bama lost than after the Lions lost. I think the thing I hate the most coming out of this season is when people say a team's playing with house money. You heard that with the <laughs> Packers, and you even heard it with the Lions. Like, house money, man. Like, well, they still, like, played the entire season, and now they're in this position. And um, I mean, just because you're in this position doesn't mean you're going to be back here next year, like uh, what Dan Campbell said. So, like, the house money thing, I don't I don't know. It's just – it's very, very cliche now, and it gets thrown out all the time on Twitter. And I get – it's kind of a coping mechanism for fans, I think. And I didn't hear Will say this, by the way, but, like – you know, it's like you got to if you have a team, if like if uh, if the if Dak gets hurt in the final week of the season and you have Cooper Rush and he wins a couple games in the playoffs, maybe that's house money something. Right. You know, you overcome injury at a depleted roster. But like, dude. I don't know. I don't know what even made me think of that, but that's it's just essentially something. what he was telling me earlier. He's like still like he's like, I'll take it. Like, I'll take the season. I know it's you Detroit know? and they haven't won it. They're yeah. 0 and 12. He's on like, the road. I feel like people weren't even supposed to be there. They're 0-12 on the road all-time in the playoffs, which is kind of a crazy All-time? All-time. That ain't great. Um, generic first take question. Uh, who do you feel like should be regretting the loss more, the Lions or the Ravens? Because I think that there's reasons to feel like mm. the Lions is more embarrassing given the size of the lead and decisions made, but the Ravens were in control of their game too. <clears throat> the Ravens probably because they – felt like they underperformed much more than the Lions did. I know they gave up a, a very sizable lead, but the Ravens were just a good fucking football team with the quarterback who was playing better than anyone else. And so I would say Baltimore. Ravens, you have the MVP yeah. and your defense is the best defense in the league. And you had a game at home, at home. And, you and you didn't win. And, and you held the other team scoreless in the second half. And the, the plays that you would like back were just like boneheaded plays. You know, like I, Detroit just got flat out played in the second half of that game. Baltimore, you know, gave gave Kansas City some 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 plays there. Yeah, I would only add, like, if I'm one of these two teams thinking about Dan Campbell's going to be twice as hard next year. Uh, quick reminder for the Ravens. You did this when, uh, I don't know, not that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a world beater next year, but Aaron Rodgers was not in your conference and he should have been this year. Uh, oh, Joe Burrow was not a factor in the playoffs for, you know, three quarters of this season and he will be next year. Like the road only gets harder in the AFC. The NFC going to be difficult. Like the Packers are going to continue to improve. The Cowboys likely won't choke next year, but the road's not nearly as hard. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was going to give some credit. Uh, road's not nearly as tough in the NFC, and it's clearly going to get harder uh, in the AFC. And CJ Stroud. Man, CJ Stroud is going to take a step forward. Like, yeah. John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh's now, you know, uh, coaching one of the more underperforming quarterbacks. Like, you just missed on your players, like your, your franchise player's best year. And you let him lose his, his cool. You let his, your best receiver lose their cool. All of that at home and within striking distance. So that was that was tough to see. Um, yeah. And the Lions even like came back and made it respectable. And uh, so it's it's wow. And to do it all with T Pain in the building too is just fucking tough. 
You don't want to do that. You cannot disappoint T-Pain. If you're feeling disappointed, need some, uh, you need some action, boss, check out our good friends at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Look, we got basketball season going. You can now pick a combo projection across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Something fun like that. Or if you want to play alongside of some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can find the community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in Prize Picks community each week. Look, we're going to be doing this. We've got the big game coming up. Uh, how about uh, Christian McCaffrey for more than uh, 75 rushing yards? Maybe Pat Mahomes for more than two passing touchdowns? I think so. That might be something worth looking into. I love a Super Bowl prop, man. Me too. Mm-hmm. Get the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Coin flip. People are singing. Gatorade color. What if you had to get? What if you had like a flyover one? Is there going to be a flyover? Are we domed up? What's going on We're here? Domed in this? Up, ah, darn it! It's not a drop top. It's the thing about domes, man. Yeah, you can't do flyovers. Dang, you can, but no one's going to see it. That's right. It'd be a waste of taxpayer money, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Crazy. Uh, look, we're big fans. Go to PrizePicks.com/dip and use code DIP. That's D-I-P for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize picks. They now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So check it out. Again, go to prizepicks.com/dip and use code DIP for a first deposit but deposit match up to $100. Wheels were spinning a little a little quickly there. Things are moving quickly. Hey, Friday night we were at the uh, bar with Duda and his wife. And I kept getting texts. Our good friend um, hashtag #chad was like just texted me Luca. And I knew the game had started. I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, God, I thought honestly he got hurt. Looked down and he was um <clears throat> he was at like 40 something points in the first half, something crazy. And I was like, oh wow. So he's careering it. He's going off. Like this is on the uh death, the death anniversary of Kobe, who famously went uh for 81. He's about to go for 81, isn't he? He's gonna break the record. Yeah, Dave told us while we were at the restaurant, as he was watching the fourth quarter on his phone, he was like, I'm gonna go home and watch this entire game. Like, okay. Yeah, it was uh, luckily a nationally televised game, so I had it recorded on YouTube TV. Went home, watched it that way. Luca goes for 73 against the Hawks. The Hawks, who are just an absolute mess. Uh, they look like a sh- – oh, man, they are. They're in trouble, man. But, um, yeah. But they can score. They can score. And I saw a lot of people saying, well, there was no defense played in this game. I think Stephen A was kind of saying, "Yeah, this he wasn't playing. They weren't playing any defense." I think Stephen A didn't watch the game. I think he just watched like that one clip of Luca just casually going around the guys like it was a rec league. Which, yeah, on that particular <laughs> one, it, that was that was bad defense. But uh, that was one of they the were cool- trying. Clint Capella was fighting for his damn life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Luca was hitting. He was hitting everything, and we haven't talked much basketball. And the Mavs are their roster has been very depleted. They just cannot be healthy at the same time. It kind of sucks. Uh, I think they're sitting at like the eighth seed right now, but that was awesome. 
And I did the thing where I watched the game and then I sat up, I put Luca's name into Twitter and just searched to see what people were saying just to feel good about it. I was like, oh yeah, cool. Kevin Garnett's giving him props. Cool. That was, <laughs> that was me late Friday night. So I don't know if you anybody. Know who TNT does that segment for where they're like putting up Pat Mahomes Twitter. Yep. Or tweets on, uh, on TV. Yeah, they'll put up a tweet. Pat Mahomes just put Luca, then fire flames emojis. And they're like, well, we got to put this up there. The people got to see this. Pat loved what he saw here. I think it's worth acknowledging that this was Friday on the heels of uh, what might be one of the more embarrassing points of Luca's career. Um, not entirely his fault, but kind of lost his cool and appealed to, and they were in uh, Phoenix where. You know, it's, it's known and, and everybody's aware, like KJ, it's sons. It was in Dallas. That's what makes it even worse. Oh, 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 wait, 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 you're right. You're right. You were in Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Joke for two, but uh, yeah, the game was in Dallas. I apologize, but they were playing against the Suns. It's a rivalry week. Yeah. You know, some, some history with, they embarrassed the hell out of the Suns uh, in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, Devin Booker isn't bona fide scorer himself. You know, by the way, he also has put up 70 in the past. Kevin Durant's there. It got chippy. Um, and at some point in the game, one of the fans was heckling Luca from behind the bench and Luca tried to appeal to the refs to have him removed. Now it got worse because you didn't get the full story until like a day or two later, but Tim McMahon, uh, Dallas morning news writer who covers the, uh, the mouse and is on uh, around the horn from time to time. So you might be familiar with his face or his work. Um, pressed Luca on it, asked him what happened, asked him why, and was aware of like of the exchange and everything. But essentially was like, yeah, I guess you might be able to paraphrase the questions better than I will, but uh, like put Luca on the spot and did letting him off easy for like basically saying that he asked a fan to be removed without like any, to anyone's knowledge, like slurs involved in the altercation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fan did leave. Later did. on, we find out that the quote unquote, the fan left voluntarily after being approached by the arena, which I'm like, mm, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. I, I actually didn't realize that he left voluntarily. It's still a bad look. Uh, and Luca's response to Tim McMahon was, oh, the guy's been chirping me all game. And um, I think the Tim McMahon said he said something like, you need to get on the tre-. really lame cut down, really think lame thing to yell like, oh, you go, go get on the treadmill, something like that, you know, alluding to Luca being fat. Um, but they were getting smoked at that point by the Suns. Devin Booker was killing them. Luca had kind of reverted to um, temper tantrum Luca, which you see time from, you know, time to time. And, um, it was a terrible look. And the only thing you could do to make people forget about it is uh, how about you go for 73 uh, two nights later? Yeah. But his and back and forth, then, man, was was horrible. It was really embarrassing. All-time like low point for a superstar in the league. And, you know, I think there's something to maybe not even him being white, and I mean this genuinely, but like him being European where he's not going to get like for whatever it's worth, like the public sentiment in the NBA is not going to be as nearly as forgiving there. If this is Russell Westbrook and you know, he's had prior altercations with fans. I think everybody's brain goes one place. In fact, they asked Devin Booker about it, who didn't know the context. And they're like, 
I've heard some things in the crowd and, you know, hopefully things didn't get too personal across certain lines. And I think people give, you know, players of color a certain grain of salt. And with Luca, you think of him as whiny and you investigate it further. You try to figure out what was said. And I think everybody's brain's like, well, there's nothing that could be so egregious that he should be kicked out for, you know? Uh, And, and so I, I think that Luca was put on the spot. What blew my mind was in between the event with the fan and 73 on Friday, he shows up on TNT, which I don't know if Luca's done that before. I know he's done like the Trey young podcasts and some other like media adjacent things with like bleacher report and maybe with TNT with, with Chuck, but that was surprising to me. Um, I, I don't think that that was just like a, a quickly put together PR thing. Cause they were in Atlanta for the game the next mm-hmm. night they were doing all-star starter announcements, and they figured, well, well Luca's going to be one of the starters, so let's have him on. Um, but if you told me that Cuban or somebody in the, the Mavs organization, like, or even the, in the NBA, like, put that together real quick, it wouldn't completely shock me. But I think that was something that was going to happen because they were they announced him as a as a starter um, for the West or whatever, and you know they had him on. They asked him some real generic questions, and they brought it up, and he admitted, like, I overreacted. Um, so whatever yeah, he put it, he put it to bed opportunity to like own it, I th- which is good. Like him, him taking that angle, I think is important. So for him to turn around and like, he's a distractible guy. We talk about tantrum Luca I'm turn around and torch. I don't care who it is. A team like that. I, you know, and I, I don't think anybody needs to worry about uh, what happened last Tuesday or Wednesday in Dallas. Now at that point. Yeah, fifty the next night or forty or whatever. That's it, dude. That's I mean, that's that's him. That's him in a in a nutshell, right? Like, have a bad have a bad game, lose your cool, get ejected, which you know, have a guy ejected, and then the next night have like uh, one of the best individual performances of all time. It's it's insane. So that's where we're at. Uh, real quick, I'm gonna talk about Texas State before we get out of here. Because mm. um, this is if this had happened at a, a Big Twelve school or an SEC school, this is like what people are talking about, but Texas state. Um, so their quarterback. So uh, Dylan and I went to Texas state and we talk a lot about Texas state on here. They had their best season ever, uh, won a bowl game. Shout out to the first responders and their bowl game. Uh, TJ Finley was the quarterback and he announced, uh, January 11th that he would be returning. People were wondering, maybe he's going to get an offer. Maybe we'll go to like a bigger school, you know, go play his final year of eligibility somewhere big. No, he says he's coming back. That was January 11th. January 15th, Jaden Delora, that's a name you might know if you're a Pac-12 fan, uh, announced that he is committing to uh, Texas State. He's a quarterback at Arizona, put up big numbers there, got hurt uh, this season, and the freshman who filled in for him played pretty well. So, I want to say. Yeah, Jaden Delora commits to Texas State. The next day, classes begin, and TJ Finley enters the portal. He is gone. Five days later after saying he's returning, he's gone. Um, Finley, uh, six days later, is going to Western Kentucky. So that's where the portal led him. And then two days after that, Delora leaves Texas State. He will not be playing football there. Now, why? Well, Jaden Delora has uh, some baggage. He has a conviction in juvenile court. Uh, for sexual assault with one of his teammates at the time, I think who is now uh, on Wisconsin. That teammate uh, from high school plays for Wisconsin. Um, and 
they did not they really weren't punished uh you know they were minors whatever juvenile detention uh really bad deal the details came out in a civil case which he just settled like this year like beginning of this year end of last year and basic you know basically uh admits to some things and uh, the students at texas state get wind of this and there's an uproar there's a planned protest and next thing you know delora leaves texas state um just kind of your first big blunder by uh, the G.J. Kinney staff because this was obviously going to happen. So Filling left because Delora committed there. He was going to lose his job or he was going to have to compete for his job. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then Delora leaves because of the uproar. He's like, well, I'm not going to be able to play here, so I'm not going to go here. I don't know what he's going to do. Um, and then next thing you know, like, I don't know what T-State's going to do at quarterback. But I think the bigger story here is like, what what is administration thinking and like thinking that they could just bring this kid in knowing that all this stuff is out there and the only reason it's not getting more buzz is because you're Texas State but you are a big school in Texas and you have a big student uh, a, a sizable program now like um, relative to the rest of your conference and like yeah this is going to be a problem so it's just kind of a shit show and I don't know what they're going to do so bad look I'm very interested to see where Delora goes. Um, if I'm him, like, you got to know, like, if you're going to transfer somewhere, like this shit's going to come up. I don't know why the kid didn't just stay where he was at. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. And he was at Washington state before that during COVID year, uh, as, as I'm seeing here, I was trying to just read back through to, to confirm a couple things. Uh, what I wasn't aware of is apparently his uncle was a strength coach at SMU during the June Jones years. I don't know that individual's name, so I cannot confirm or deny like who that might have been and whether or not I know that person. But um, that's irrelevant. I, I'm, I think it's a bad look on his part. I think that um, if you're Texas State, you've got to understand the risks you run by bringing a quarterback in at all, much less one with baggage. I think you might have said this, but on top of that, if you're going to do this, you've got to own it. And they were like, it was like student led protests and boycotts yeah. going on. Yeah. They had a very supportive student base there. Like this is the one where you had a student get arrested. For yeah. Throwing a sword or whatever the hell it was. Stole a trident. A remember. turnover trident. Stole a trident. <laughs> yeah. It, like your students are on board at one of the, like the quickest growing schools, like the biggest brands in Texas from like a, at that level, you know? Uh, so, Everything is pointing up. Your coach is getting like big time program attention and you do this. Yeah. You, wow. You're, you're, yeah. Student safety is like ultimately, ultimately what it boils down to when you bring somebody in like this, that has something out there um, on the record that you can go see what happened. And it's like, dude, you bringing this guy in. I mean, this is, that's, that's kind of, that's how Things got kicked off, if you remember, with with the Bryles and the Baylor stuff, the the kid they brought in from Boise State, um, what he knew, what he didn't know at the time. But this is, like, pretty out there. And for them not to think this is going to happen and to think this is a good idea in the first place is pretty wild. But disappointing. Well, I don't know what they're going to do. It. I was going to ask if, if maybe Old Miss was uh, an option for – or not Mississippi State was an option for this guy. Oh, okay. There's, Fair. There's still the spring uh, portal window. Yes. So they'll find somebody. They'll find they'll find somebody. Um, it's just the TJ Finley thing kind of sucks because he was, yeah, 
it's a bummer that he announced that he was going to stay. I think, you know, you would have been okay if he would have said, yeah, he's, he's leaving. Western Kentucky's questionable, but, like, it's a bummer he said he was going to stay. Hope he balls out at Western Kentucky. I don't really know much about the program, but um, we'll always have the first responders bowl. How about that? Let's run it back. Uh, we've got a short one this week. Of course, running back is the segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. Rodney Terry. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> uh, Rodney Terry. Hey, that was perfect. Remix. Rodney Terry. There you go. <laughs> uh, hey, buddy, just wait until you're in the SEC. Oh. Dave referenced, but did not say Jaquindon Jackson. You said it, not Randy. me. KJ Horney texting us during the show. And finally, Christian McCaffrey is a white man, as we figured out. <laughs> Noted white guy. Uh, and that concludes Run It Back. That concludes Run It Back. That concludes Too Much Dip. Fun one. Fun one. No stream this week. I believe there will be a Super Bowl stream next week. Pre-Super Bowl, not Super Bowl Sunday. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. That should be like a freaking national holiday, though, bro. <laughs> bro. I've bro. been saying that for years. All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Go check out Circling Back on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry. That's right. Go check it out. Check Move it out. out. Vote. Show Vote up. Shoots. Put up or shut up, Madison. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing.